guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, we are having a celebration of specialness to mark the 150th anniversary of Texas Independence, because we're talking about true stories. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? Want a day? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing has turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's got nard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Hey, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. Then when you are done with that, head over to cultfilmandreview.com for all your cult film and review needs. And then check out our YouTube page. Like, subscribe, comment there. And then on uh, May 10th, Phoenix Film Bar, we will be showing Buffalo 66. I don't think you can get tickets yet. But get ready. Start waiting outside because the people can be camping out for this one. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> whole month. <laughs> Got a whole month to prepare. Get your spot. Right. Now, last one sold out. Get you don't want to be out waiting. As always, I'm joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Mulberg. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everybody. Tonight, we're talking about True Stories. It was d- directed by David Byrne. It came out in 1986 and made $2.5 million in the box office. This was Chris's pick. Chris, why'd you pick the True Stories? I picked True Stories because I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I went, when I watched it, it was probably 10 years ago. I remember really enjoying it. Um, I do enjoy the Talking Heads music. And the, uh, the album True Stories is one of my favorite albums that I've heard by them. So, uh, so yeah, I remember liking the film. I, I knew it was kind of weird and offbeat, so I wanted to bring it back up and see if it still held up. Got it, got it. All right, uh, let's start with Kyle on this one. Kyle, when's the first time you heard of or saw True Stories? Uh, I first heard of it, actually, from the album, um, and uh, that's what led me to the film, and I don't know how old I was when I first watched it, but Old I've always, enough. I always remember the, the scene that always stuck in my head was them doing the karaoke at the beginning and John Goodman doing his, like, <laughs> I don't know what dance it is. Elvis or blues brothers this dance. Thing? This thing. Or doing the monkey. <laughs> the yeah. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that always was burned in my head, but yeah. Cause he does it so well. He does it so well. I even watched this. I was like, God damn, he's good at that. I, Holy see, I, shit. Feel, like, I, I feel like he's done it in several movies. Though. I do too. I feel like that's his Dude, move. Did he do it in the Flintstones? I feel like he did it in he the might, Flintstones. He might've, yeah. he might've done it in that. I feel like that's his fucking jam. That's another great cult film. Uh, Chris, <laughs> when was the first time that you saw? I, I already said. Yeah, God, it's, it's, Chris, years it's Chris's ago. movie. Uh, it was recommended to me by somebody <laughs> who liked the talking heads. There you go. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. I do remember seeing this, uh, the box art in the video stores as a kid though Mm -hmm. and like wondering what that was about but never thought i'd find my way to it what about you mike um no you know what this is actually the first time i've ever seen this film uh i know about it you know i knew about it i mean i definitely remember the uh the video for wild wild life like that was a something that i like recall from a really early age like that, that hit started hitting like mtv and stuff like that and they were showing that and i remember that's why i thought the band was called the talking heads I was like six, so what the fuck did I know? But like, all I remember seeing was pe- I didn't understand the concept of karaoke. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was just a bunch of people's heads coming in to frame and singing the song. And I was like, "This is the band." It's like seven hundred people just like I fucking yeah. jump on the thing. Like as a kid, that's what I <laughs> thought. That's why they're and called, like, that's the, why talking they're called the Talking Heads because yeah. it's yeah. just a it's band. Seven hundred Talking Heads. People. Where do you I think? Sl- yeah. Where do it's you like think? Polyphonic spree. So like that. Yeah. This is the first like really like Talking Heads video that I ever remember as a kid. And like that's why I thought the band was called. You never that. saw Stop that's Making funny. Sense. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. I think Dude, my I dad used to watch that all six. the time. Like I don't know. Like this is the one that I recall though. Mm. Like I always remember this video, and I remember thinking that's why they call them the Talking Heads. Got that's that's a great. It's a yeah. So good, now good, I got good job to see problem the movie. solving that. So. <laughs> I had never heard of this movie before until Chris got it for, I think it was Christmas, was it? 
Yeah, cu- uh, cousin Kyle over here got it for me. For that was Christmas. like the first time I ever heard of it, and then I knew he was gonna pick it, and then I totally forgot about it until he brought it up. And this is the first time that I've seen this movie too. And I'm really not familiar with like the band or the music. That surprises How? me because like a lot of our friends are like way into talking heads. Yeah, dude. It's pro- but some, like, how do you hipster like... bullshit, bro? I don't get down with that. They're like a really popular band from no, the 80s. Like, how did you miss like I don't know. them on the radio? I don't know. That's like saying, like, no. I don't know who Meatloaf is. It's like is. one of those bands where I feel like for a lot of people, the talking heads might be one of those bands where you've heard many of the songs, but you had no idea that who it, was it was the talking yeah. heads. Oh, okay. You know? All right. I think All right. they... I, th- I feel like they do kind of have that appeal. Like, like yeah, there's those diehard fans, you know. Anyway, sorry, I don't know if you... No, uh, yeah, no, but finished, I, I was but... just I was just going to say that to wrap it all up is like, I had no idea what I was getting into with this. So, you know, it was, uh, it was yeah, I, like I said, I, nothing was familiar to me, which was kind of fun. Well, you, wait, well you, what you got is just pure David Byrne. That's oh, what so I got. That's what you got in this. Yeah, you got, he, you got David burned. You got burned right there. <laughs> he has He has a really interesting artistic... Like style, you know. I was gonna bring this up. I don't know if you guys heard of this, and I think it was somebody's gonna correct me. I'm sure in their car right now, but I believe he was the one that put together a uh, playable building in New York. It was him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like one of his like artistic projects was he. uh, I think it's they hooked up an organ in the center of like this this old building, and then that organ's hooked up to air compressors that hit. A certain part of the building. So as you play, you're playing playing the building itself. Like oh. a key controls a hammer that will knock into like a beam, you yeah, know, like, or boom. a light or yeah. something that it, like. So it's like a living uh, building. Yeah. Oh, it so it's just kind of like I did, watch this movie. You know, again, it's just like yeah, he has a very unique. He's a very unique sense of like creativity and like kind of artistic expression. I feel like I yeah. He also has things I think that he personally cares about which comes through a lot yeah. in this in this film mm-hmm. um and uh it's interesting that you say you know from a, a person who doesn't know a lot about the talking heads i don't know a lot about the talking heads e- either but i was familiar with their music and stuff like that and the fact that he was kind of an eccentric artist yeah um but uh but yeah, going into it not really knowing, I feel like the band's music might hinder like the viewing uh, of the film. Oh, okay. I okay. ah yeah uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I can just say uh, there's only one song I remember from this movie, and that's the that's, Wild Wildlife. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. Which it, which was would be my argument because it's like if you listened to the album, like you would probably know every song. You yeah, know? That... it's it. They're all very catchy, very like. Great love, love well for sale. That's such a song. Yeah, fucking. That's a song when the the woman's in the bed changing yeah. channels. That's such a rocket fucking song. So it's interesting to hear that uh, only one song stuck for you. Seeing these versions of the music. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. Like there was, and it's that one song. You know, the rest. Uh, I'm like, I, I can, you know, I can remember the situation, but I can't really remember what it was about. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was really hard. Like when I was watching this movie, when the songs would come up, I was like, I should pay really close attention to what the words are of this song because I feel like they're gonna have some sort of meaning that play into what I just watched, either before or after the song. Hmm. Did you do that? No, I, <laughs> okay. no, I just abandoned. Yeah. And I was like, these songs are difficult to figure out. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck is I this? Guy is it, are, these, are these words? Yeah, What's well, going on here? What the hell is this movie about? Oh, uh, that's a good question. So we should probably get the plots with Mike. How the fuck should I know, Chris? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so this, this is kind of like, um, it's a stream of consciousness, consciousness kind of movie. I would say it's, it's, it's a character driven movie, so to speak, right? There is this cowboy, uh, he is your narrator. He breaks the fourth wall constantly. He talks to you directly and, um, he kind of guides us through, uh, different characters that live in this fictional town of Texas that are celebrating their 150th anniversary. And, um, it's... You know, like a guy that works at a factory or it might be some rich woman on a date or something like that. Um, but he seems to know all of them. Um, it's almost like a very surreal kind of like... I, and I thought a very interesting way to kind of show the story was like it's it's being told by a narrator that has almost seemingly has the power to just go into people's lives and interact with them. And that's how you see the story is through his eyes, essentially. Hmm. Um, so... Um, as far as a plot is concerned, it's pretty hard to really nail down what the plot is, other than it is this guy going through these people's stories and seeing how these people kind of eventually, um, 
I guess, interact with one another. And get to the celebration of specialness. Right, exactly. It's kind of like the... Yeah. The end goal. There is an end goal. Yeah. 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 There's definitely an end goal there. Good job. It, just like this show, we have an end goal <laughs> of this show, and that's some of the times that's to pay the bills. So let's take a quick break. We're going to pay the bills with a clip from the film? Yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll talk more about true stories. This whole area was once underwater. Almost still looks like it. After that, there was a period when dinosaurs roamed all over the place. I used to be fascinated by dinosaurs when I was a kid. A lot of kids were. Recently, the bones of a woman who lived 20,000 years ago were found here. They nicknamed her Middle and Minnie. The first inhabitants here referred to themselves simply as the people. Other groups they came in contact with were referred to as friends. Texas comes from the Cadoan word for friend. And we're back. We are talking about shoe stories. Came out in 1986. Shoe stories? True. Sh- shoe stories. Shoe stories. The Beethoven story. Listen, shoes. The sequel, shoe stories. Shoe stories. It's all about the people's shoes from that town. Yeah. They yeah. just shoot oh, it all about the shoes. Story. Sick ass shoes. Sick shoes, bro. Sounds like the plot of an awesome movie. Shoe stories. Shoe stories. It just could be like, a cool fucking movie. I mean, it's all, what do you want to make it? It's like, think about it. It's like literally like, hey, man. Do you want to know what it's like to walk in my shoes? Well, now there's a fucking movie. Damn, that sounds like a net, like a, like a Netflix show. Like each yes. episode's a different pair of shoes we get to walk in. Yeah, exactly. This, this movie opens Dude, this up sick. Uh, in the middle of nowhere with a little girl uh, walking in her shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. I think not. No. As we figure, and then we're told basically the, the and visually given like the history of Texas. I believe uh, it's like it's the fake. history of the world, but yeah. It, it, well, it's the history of fa- uh, the world in like a fake town, right? Well, I mean, well, it it's, ends at the, fake it's town, the history of but Texas. It starts off like with this whole weird. The history mm, is normal. Yeah. Israel. Yeah, like, I like fake. dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are good. They're green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he talks in this movie. Well, she starts. We start off with the girl coming down the road, uh, like a farmland, and. Um, I don't even know what happens. Yeah, after you can't that. remember this. There's exactly. so much shit that goes yeah, on. In this it just it opens. It opens with David Byrne driving in his drop That's top. Right. It's yeah. cruising around talking about. Well, he talking intros about it. Stuff. He yeah. intros it. Gives you. It's a weird thing too. I want to talk about this because I think this is it, this is an important thing too. In this movie, he is definitely the narrator and. That scene is basically the, the the girl, and then he step out and he tells the story of Texas history, and then he does a very weird thing where he literally walks into the movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. essentially. And then, it, and then I feel like from there on we're in this movie. Like before that, he was like, he's yeah. playing your guide. Like I'm your guide now. Let's go into this movie, which I thought was a very cool represent, like phys- physical and visual representation of that, which I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah, I enjoyed that as yeah, well. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. And then from there on, I feel like we get uh, an hour and a half of um, him hating on consumerism <laughs> quite a bit. Well, let's talk about it. Da- David Byrne is not an actor. You know, no. he's a, a musician, but, you know, he's a performance artist, I'm sure, to some degree. You know, Obviously, he's an artist. So, um, like, Cody, I would direct this question to... Well, I'll direct it to everybody, actually. Like, David Byrne as kind of your leading man, like, does that work? Yes, for this film it does one hundred percent. I was fine with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: he's not he's not a bad actor, and for what he was doing, um, I didn't even feel like he was acting. It really, really, yeah, really just no. felt like I was ta- it's just David Byrne just talking to the camera. It's yeah. a weird it's a weird thing where he takes this 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 role almost as like the narrator that you see in a documentary, but he's physically there. And I thought, and also it, it also with the, cause I think you mentioned it earlier with him in there and how he intervenes with these people's lives. It almost feels like sometimes they know they're being filmed. And this is like either like a news story or a documentary that he's filming about this, yeah. this celebration in this town or, or especially when they're in, um, the the where they make the the chips. He definitely he's walking. Uh, he her. definitely yeah. reminded me of though in terms of like a narrator. He'd be like the narrator on like a kids documentary. Like that's <laughs> kind of like how he spoke Dude, and presented stuff. His whole look. I was waiting for Curious George to pop up and grab his hand. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> that's what he looked like to me. That's what yeah, I. That's uh, like what I was envisioning the, the whole time. Yeah, I mm. was like, this is you know, uh, and then you know, there's the other. I would say main characters, John Goodman. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's just always charismatic Playing, as fuck. Playing uh, Louis Fine. I mean, you didn't think. I, I mean, yeah, he, he gets a lot of screen time. 
I think he's definitely the, you think there's another main he's the main character I feel like it bounces around a few stories there's a few he's the primary yeah focus but he's of the, the one that you it. pretty much follow Doesn't from start pop, to finish no start to finish yeah yeah so I was actually start to finish on this watch, I, I was think. surprised I to see how much we stayed with John Goodman. We do. I was surprised to see how much we we actually spent with his character. I didn't remember it being as much. Yeah, it's really just him and the line girl, the ones who are the most consistent because in the film. I would say like the first eight, I think it's like eight to ten minutes is basically um, David explaining, you know, this te- this the te- what Texas is, this small town in Texas, and then they go to the Veracorp, and like the last person you meet inside of Veracorp is is Lewis. And then it follows him throughout the rest of the film. I feel mm-hmm. like he pops up in like Aren't every some other scenes stories. with Spalding Gray later on, where he kind of takes over the uh, with who Spalding Gray. He's the um, no, he he's only in like a little bit. Yeah, he kind of pops in a few scenes, scenes that were like him though. Yeah, but th- those scenes were also focused around John Goodman. Were they? They try to tie yeah. together this town with these characters. I think the. I don't even know if they like do the best that they can, but like they definitely focus on John Goodman's character and sort of his interactions. Well, it's, with a lot of these people, it's 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 his it's 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 his um, shit. I just had the word in my head and it just fucking left. Well, David Byrne is kind of accepted by everybody in the town. It's just like somebody everybody knows, you know. He's a, but he's this weird something that everybody knows. But they he they all know he, he's he, a visitor though. He mm-hmm. weirdly also allows them to break the fourth wall when he's interacting with them because like mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely get especially when again we're walking into Veracorp and he's walking down the hall and the, you get the whole like that's what Steve Jobs says the, yeah. you know mm-hmm. I feel like there's scenes and there's parts in that where that guy is breaking the fourth wall you know also right yeah it but he isn't like it's weird that's, yes, that's the thing I, I really no, like I yeah because it is it's like that's what I mean like where I feel like throughout the entire movie David Byrne is is always like the narrator, but like I also think like his eyes are the camera sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like he's he yes. like when a character starts talking to him, there are times where that camera starts moving real front facing, and that scene is one of them where he's explaining yeah. like the greatness of computers and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Like there are moments where he's like, "Wait, is he talking to me now? Wait, am I inside? Like, am I POVing like <laughs> yeah. David Burns' mind right now, and he's talking to me, or is he talking?" Like it's such a weird thing, but I think it worked. I thought it made the, the film really interesting. Do you think quite he honestly, was, do you think he was he was trying to say something about that he either didn't agree or or did agree that I guess com- computer. I don't know how to put this. Like computer formulations or computering, computering. I don't know. Computering? <laughs> like no, what I is like is computering is like I'm a computer. <laughs> I can how, much, how much technology experiences Cody have? Yeah. Wow. It's like some sort of art form comparative to music and or film. Because yeah. I kind of well, got that what, impression. That, that's exactly what he said. He said yeah. it's an art form yeah. like music or film. But I don't think he necessarily... <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think he necessarily... I don't think David necessarily agrees with well, that. They, they, well, that's the thing. David's character doesn't... He doesn't... He does what a documentarian person should be doing. He doesn't weigh in really I'm on not, what people are saying. I'm, as not, a, I'm not saying yes. as a character. I'm, I'm saying as a director. As a director and a writer, I see what you're saying. Like yes. it's you. it's considered a satirical look at certain things. So like, does he truly believe? You, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, well, who's because to he, say? He, he, well, like, yeah, there's, weird, there's other parts. The, there's other parts in the movie that that kind of harken back to it, where like when the, we were talking about. Um, Earlier, the 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 two the couple that don't talk to each other, mm-hmm. the father gives like a whole explanation of like what happens when a tech company moves into a town and how that changes the whole economy and mm-hmm. what it does to it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I feel like there is like he is he is like saying like these people compare themselves to art, but really it's about this and does this. You know, I don't know. Did anyone else? I'm the only one to pick it up on this. I, I definitely picked up on the technology is art thing, and I was trying to figure See, out. See, I don't think he agrees with that. I think he's, I think he was saying that people like, like, Computers say that it is art. <laughs> Computers. <laughs> that you say think that he was parroting art? tech nerds yes. who are basically like 
stuck in this world of technology, microchips, blah, blah, blah. And they're trying to justify their obsession with yeah, it by saying it's I, this artistic creative yes. endeavor when it's really not like, or, or you think David Byrne might be saying like, no, it's, you know, it's so I'm, binary and black and white. I, 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 I mean, don't know. It, 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 it's possible because, you know, around the, the time this was, um, um, fuck, why did I forget his name? Bill Gates and, and Steve Jobs. Bill Gates was huge into, yeah. into explaining how everything that he does is like an artistic form and stuff and how the computer development was like that was like that was like right. his jam and you around get that time, perspective so. from what and what he says is like the, the the engineers and the people that are inventing stuff in within that but then the, you know as i feel like the dad explains later on he explains the very much business side of it which is like yeah where i think they kind of get into it where it's like yeah fuck you that's bullshit it's not really artistic it's still business Right, like I just didn't get is. that vibe know. though. I didn't get that vibe that like, David he, Byrne was taking David... a stand on either format. Oh. He's simply presenting two opinions. I th- yeah, I think I think I think, I think he's just showing, I think trying he's... to show the irony in all of it. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily think that he was necessarily like. Oh, I think he's... I hate technology. It's for can no, I he also likes say, technology? No, no, I, yeah, clearly. I gotta no, say no, no. something. Like, it's way too early. I feel like in the life of computers for people to be having these existential he, questions no, about how they're going to affect our lives. I don't think, I don't think he hates technology. I, I, I don't No, That's not what I'm saying. And I do think he was asking existential questions about technology. Yeah. But we're talking about like a computer that like, isn't like, it's not the internet's not here yet. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, do they even talk about computer dating in this, which is fucking weird? Yeah. Well, and like yeah, and, how and, he yeah. got catfished. And he remember, literally got catfished. <laughs> Mike, remember like it's true. Remember I like like computer that. technology is is only as advanced as it as we perceive it year after year. So back then, a computer that could fucking calculate one plus one is fucking revolutionary. And yeah, I think I think people were having the existential talks at the time. I don't. I don't take David Byrne as a person that he would have taken a stance against that type of thing. I think if anything, he wants to pose the question to audience and let you as a viewer decide. It, that's probably why he presented the way he did in this movie. Present both sides of the coin, whether it was in jest or if it was He does that quite a bit in his dialogue too. Yes. Like absolutely. he'll be like he'll be like, it could be this or it could be that, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. It, yeah. it'll literally leave that, yeah, that random choice to you, what you take away from it. Yeah, did you yeah. see it or did you miss it? Or were you at work or were you at home? Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, no, he does so that. So many questions. Yeah, no, he does do that. Uh, I don't know. That's one of the things I picked up right away. And then the other big thing that I felt like was hammered home, though, with this one was definitely like about consumerism. Yeah, you, you showcased that a lot, a lot to an extreme, you know, with yeah. like the the uh, light lady that's lying in bed, Miss Rollings. Um, like, you know, she's got all the automated things that work she's for ri- her. She's rich. She just, she just stays in bed. She watches she TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, she yeah. lives a life from from actually, the television. I actually and... thought the bigger the bigger way they showed that was the fashion show. Oh, fashion the mall, show. The whole Definitely. mall scene. The fashion show. The whole, yeah, the like the fashion scene. the fashion show though specifically was a. As a, it was a great example of like poking fun at consumerism because you could see how all how much more ridiculous and ridiculous the things got and people were just applauding more and, and more. Like a like, take I, my I, money. I assume that woman dies at the end. I don't. Yeah, who yeah. falls who falls off the stage? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah, it with the costuming in that whole scene was like it really is like a variety show, you know. Yeah. And they like take it to a level where it's like, man, I didn't think well, it could go bigger and. The, I mean, this, it's going to be hard for some people maybe to understand, but this the, this whole thing takes place in a mall, and a mall back then was really important because that's where you, you before the internet, this is where you went to buy all your shit. You mm-hmm. just didn't go to Amazon. Yeah, and like it, it really showcases like to me, like the, the, the they say like basically happiness is buying stuff in the beginning of it, and like that's what th- these people are getting out of the mall, and this it's this weird thing with how. Even the fucking computer guys there taking. I don't know if anybody saw this, but he was buying an Atari. He's well, buying video games. He, well, he's buying parts to build a. Yeah. Build a. No, he was uh, buying uh, video games, my friend. No. He's taking the day off. All right. <laughs> Mike? Yeah. Uh, you look like you want to say something this whole time. Yeah, I was just like, are we are you at the point where we have to explain like that malls were a big deal? Yeah, to fucking people. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's not like Amazon where you could get everything. Yeah. Like this is the only place you could go, guys. <laughs> I, I feel like malls are still around, and like people still they go are, to them. The they, malls they used are, to but people con- don't go to them. But the point that David Byrne, I feel like, is making about the mall before we even get to it is, 
he says like people don't want to go to that quirky that quirky building downtown anymore. They want to go to this one place where they can get uh, yeah. you know yeah. comparative right. prices. And it's like almost like he's saying it like, why are you abandoning like the unique qualities of of what we had uh, he, and for something so well, like that, boxed he hits that throughout in. the whole movie. That, that, you know? That's what this whole movie's about. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you guys read this, but this whole movie came from vignettes of like clippings from the National Enquirer that he collected while oh, touring. Oh, I read that. Yeah. Like so, that's what propelled this film was as he traveled around the country. He collected these news clippings and he taped them all on his wall, I guess. And there's just all of all these extremely crazy stories that he read in the Inquirer. And he's like, "What? What about we do a movie about all of these people?" And that's what, what this, is, this is: vignettes of all those people, huh. basically. Well, because yeah, I, I did question a lot of like what I, what John Goodman's character is. John Goodman feels like he's the most. Um, and I think that's the reason why we stick with him. He's kind of the most uh, normal of them because you have like the psychic, you have the yeah. crazy rich lady that never leaves bed, you know, like you have the, the voodoo lady. guy. <laughs> can and I tell the you my favorite lady? lady? Yes, you can. My favorite lady is the lady who works on the chip line that just makes up the fucking the, li- story. the lying woman. Oh, the lying woman. Yeah. That's her God. character name. The lying woman. It's hilarious. She's amazing. Played by Joe Harvey Allen. She is quite the comedian, I would Dude. say. <laughs> like well, she's going off about like I was out there with the real Rambo. Well, I saved his life at least 50 times. Dude, <laughs> how, could, how could he not fall in love with me with the humidity? I was dying, dude. I'm like, this lady is my fucking hero. I knew and then you would you love stand, this character. I knew she it. she stands up and she's like, he died from, we're talking about John F. Kennedy. Yeah. He died from love. I was dead. I was dying. <laughs> and then she goes on this love story about them. I was like, this is amazing. She's this a great recurring character. Every time yeah. she popped on the scene, like on, in the camera, I was like, I fuck it. Yep, I'm getting the gold right here. I'm getting a nugget of gold. She's always talking about how rich she is. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm so rich. It's so great, man. <laughs> it is. She's great. But I, the, no, like the, there's weird characteristics going back to John Goodman. There's weird characteristics about him, about especially like wanting a wife. He's very, yeah. uh, what do you call it? Uh, monogamous, and he very wa- monogamous, and he wants he wants only to find true love and be be wed to this. But like, he also has a passion for music. He yes. seems to, yeah. And like, I thought if there was any one quirk he had was that like he was like, I, I guess they were trying to present him as a bad singer who maybe qu- makes beautiful music, but he can't present it correctly. I don't know. Maybe the, the first song he route. sings is kind of like He rises to the occasion. Yeah, he rises to the occasion. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what I mean is like the first song he writes, is it like. No, oh, that's the good, same song. The one he sings the pink. Right. It's it's different the same lyrics. One. I mean, he's he, he has like he really shitty it. lyrics. He doesn't have it figured out quite yet when he first okay. presents People Like Us, I think is the song. So is it. it yeah. 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 Is it, so is it. Is it. Is, is the, my understanding is that he's a character that is that takes a liking to music at some point in time from the beginning of the movie. Yes, he does. And then we realize he goes like capture his dream he just like no, comes he's, with he's, that he, yeah I think he, he had that with his character it. he's been he talks about from the beginning of the film yeah, when, he's, he when he's in the that. club so when he's in the club he talks about he's known for uh, he's known in this town for apparently fucking dancing he's the dancing machine mm, he's okay. the dancing right. bear as dancing roared, bear that's what as it was roared. um and but he even from that scene when he's telling the girl like because he's like looking for chicks in this right, bar right. that to marry um, he tells her right there, like, "Hey, I'm the dancing bear." Oh, and then for the show, I'm gonna be singing the song. I'm working on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. It's going down. Apparently so it is. Like, so it is like because t- t- I kind of thought it like by the end of this film, I was like, "This is like the Karate Kid, man." Like he's just like, <laughs> like his character kind of goes through a real like growth. Well, he has Re- like, he has the he has the most yeah. arc in this film, which is why I think he is kind of like the center point of this film he's okay, the only yeah. one whose arc we actually follow true can I, that, that's one of my biggest problems and i know this is just like jumping around here a lot too but eh. this is this is one of my biggest problems is the end of this film and i don't mean that and like it's bad or anything like that it's just this movie keeps a tone throughout and when you're expecting for it i just never felt like there was a climatic part for me mm-hmm. with this movie where i fe- it felt even like a little bit of a jump <laughs> like, i felt like the climatic part was him performing people like us I but see I never I never I never I was, was like, like he's I was gonna do a bad job. I was happy for him. I was like, yeah, you fucking do it, dude. I never thought like he's gonna do a bad job. Even when he was screwing it up, I was like, he just hasn't figured I know where it out you're yet. Coming from though, I, I don't agree because there's he says he's gonna do this show. He sings a song to that one date that he goes on, the woman that's the pink also lady. The, yeah, yeah, and he 
she doesn't seem very interested in the music. He doesn't sing it very well. And then he goes to this, well, I guess a shaman of some sort. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Like a voodoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Priest. And yeah. That's, that I thought was the climax, was this moment of like, hey, look, I'm going to this thing, but I know that I'm not a great singer. I need to overcome this. Can you guide me? Can you help me? Right. And he gives him this cryptic answer, and he just tells him, you're going to do fine. <laughs> yeah. And like I thought that was the climax of the okay. film, because that's the moment where it's like the character has finally made this decision to like... yeah. Except that, like, he's making a, he's making a decision about his singing and knowing that he has a challenge up ahead of him. Meanwhile, there seems to be some supernatural elements going on. Correct. I'm, I mean, I started <laughs> drinking soda water after watching this movie. Yeah, through halfway. halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, for me, I just felt like it, it kept this tone, and it never really rose any higher than it already was. You don't well, feel like the, the stakes I, were ever high in anything. Well, there, no. there, there wasn't there well, was an opportunity for stakes to be high because, right. again, this is just a collection of vignettes. That's how we have but, to remember. Yeah. This is like a, just a collection of short films I, smashed together. But also for me, like with the style of this film, it never got too weird. Uh, uh, I don't for know. For me, at least. Like compared to, like, say, some of the other films. Because like, I would, if, I, if I were to describe this film, and I, I text Chris this, I was like, this is fucking David Lynch's Waiting for Guffman. Which I love that you said that. <laughs> I think that's great. What do you mean? This is David Lynch's. Explain that. Like, if David Lynch was to make Waiting for Guffman, I feel like this is what he, it would look like. It'd be true stories. It'd be true stories. Uh, I, I don't know. I I, I don't know if I a, agree. I feel like David Lynch to... makes a lot of comedies. So that's a compliment to all three people involved yeah. in that. <laughs> in my opinion, like they all make great. Like they ne- all make great content. I don't mean it as like a negative thing. So like, there's a lot of like of if you've ever watched any of like David Lynch's short films. Like he, there's a few like weird comedy ones that he has, like a bunch of cowboys like sitting on a fence or something. And I felt this film do- takes a lot from the type of dialogue that you see in those films, which is like mm. almost like it doesn't make any sense, but it kind of makes sense. <laughs> like you know what dreams are made of? Potatoes because they're starchy. And like they just that's a line, and then you're like, what the fuck does that mean? What very, does that even mean? This is very David Burns poetry. Yeah, like kind of you know like the it way is. even the way it's written and the way people speak is very almost. It's almost like a play. It's like a play in some in some ways. Yeah, there's, um, but there's also weird a theatrical way, a performance. There's also of. like weird moments that you don't ever expect. Like there's like the the shot, uh, and I, I don't remember where it places in the movie of like a couple walking out into the like, middle of a field, and then like one of them is just like, "Did you fart?" Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There <laughs> the are comedy. lines yeah, in this always... film that yeah. like come out of nowhere and have no real basis for being there, and it makes them funny. Like the, uh, what's the scene where like. He says something about like a di- like I like dinosaurs or something like that or like he's like I used to like dinosaurs when I was a kid. Right, like that's such yeah. a line that like has nothing to do with it. It's almost like he's on a tan he, like he went on a tangent, got lost for a second, <laughs> came back, and yeah. I feel like a few David Lynch films have these kind of lines in them too, where somebody says something and you're like, "What does that bring to but anything?" That, but, but that's kind of like, but that's kind of what I mean by when I say it's like David Lynch is waiting for Guffman. Also, with the waiting for Guffman thing is what I mean is like sometimes in David Lynch's movies, as other ones, maybe more serious ones, not less comedy, there is a hard edge to it to where it will hit. And I was expecting that somewhere to happen in this film, and it never happened. And mm. I guess that's my, the, you know, that's my own. It's pretty fault. light. It's pretty light all the way through. through. There's not any. There's, heavy not, there's, drama. there's not. There's really nothing wrong with that. But I guess like when I say that for me there was no climax, that's why because I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the. I'm giving you the light, fluffy stuff up front. I'm gonna hit you with one hard thing and maybe go back to like the light, fluffy stuff. That's kind of how I was thinking, but it ne- like we never, never did get that. that. We'll see in this hard edge. This is the thing, and this is what I want to say about this movie. Off the bat, a thing you have to keep remembering about this film is like it's like a music, like it's a music movie, and not like a musical. It's like right. the stuff the Beatles used to do, exactly. right? So it's like it's presenting their album as a, as a film. And all of those films have like this kind of lighthearted feel to them a lot because I, I feel like at the end of the day, they are still trying to like sell the album <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Does that mean anything? I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, in this well, case, I feel like the album, the music probably came first and then no. they made the, the, right. the movie, the movie came out. The album was released after the movie came out. The album was the studio cuts um, so nothing that really appeared in this movie. And then it wasn't until long after that they actually re- started to release uh, cut the music cuts from the film itself using the actual actors' performances. So there wa- so the music was written after the story was already, or the stories were the already The music written? was written for the film. 
Yes. Okay. I didn't like know a, that, like and that, that's great. Right, yeah. but, what, but what I'm saying, but regardless of that, like, I'm saying that, like, if you made it like a David Lynch movie, and you made it like an R-rated movie, and you're pushing all these boundaries, like, you're not really opening up a broad range of people to come see your music. You know what I mean? Does that make any... I, I don't feel know. like a I don't, lot of I don't those think movies he was are well, lighthearted, so that more people might take an interest and actually hear the hear the hear the music. Yeah, I think I think David Byrne uh, had a lot of success coming off of Stop Making Sense, and people were like, "You're a creative genius. Here's you know an opportunity to make a more something more mainstream." And he was like, "Okay, I'll go mainstream, but I'm not going to go that mainstream." You know, he's yeah. still going to inject his well, like creativity. But, but what I'm saying and, is, it, he did, I don't. Do you think he would have made this like, like a like an NC seventeen R rated movie? No, with all these it's shocking not, moments. I don't think or, that's his personality yeah, really okay. in general. I just I, you know I think he is more lighthearted and satirical. Let's just put it that way. But he also like calls is like a kind of human humanitarian person. Mm-hmm. He values art and music, obviously, and these things are like are incorporated into like like he's just like an artist that just is good at a lot of different things. And when he he was given opportunity to use this medium film, you know. Like he, this is kind of what he barfed out at the time. <laughs> it's a weird he barfed word. out, barfed oh, it yeah. out. He's barfed it. I don't out. think I, I, I hate happened. to discredit it like that because I'm sure it had a lot of thought that went into it. But you know, there's a lot of you. You sense it. There's a lot of messages. I feel like they're trying to get across. There's a lot of things about technology, corporatism, sure. like political things, like love. Um, you know, like it kind of covers like a ver- voodoo. Like it yeah. covers like a very well, wide. I range. guess what I'm trying to ask is okay. Does the story drive the music in the film, or does the m- music drive the story? Well, now I'm thinking the 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 story from a, from drives story the music because the story does drive the music. Yeah. The story drives the music. I think yeah, the music doesn't drive the, if, mu- the music's there to support the story that he's trying to tell. That's yeah. why, I like, even like, uh, um, uh, what's the what's his name? T- is it Tito? Um, what was who, the guy that the who senses the, tones? The, the psychic, yeah. Oh, that's why his song is Radiohead because he can nice. pick up. Tones, people's. He can tune into people's. He's he can tune his radio into people's tones. So it's like the songs are there to support these characters and their stories throughout Tell the their film. story. Yeah. Yes. So like in a movie like Moonwalker, I'm glad you brought this up because yeah, that th- that's all I kept thinking was like, okay, this is like a vanity piece. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> this is your that like, that's a total that's a great example because that is really looking at it. It's like this is a movie written around music. Okay, and this is a movie that has music written around a story. Yeah, I think of another okay. similar movie to this would be something like a rock and roll nightmare, where the movie's written. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I thought you were. I actually thought you were going to bring something meaningful. Because I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Like, I didn't know how to feel at the end of it. The whole time I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if this is like, like. Hey, we got to show our mu- music off. Here's a bunch of stuff that was in my head that I'm going to throw together. I, or I was it yeah. like? Hey, I got this story I want to tell. Well, from but what I want to put our music into it. Well, what from what I read, I really do feel like this came from a pure place, which is David Byrne legitimately wanted to make a movie about these stories. Okay, he from what, what I read, I forgot where I read it, but yeah, the original two people that wrote the screenplay it was like a husband and wife couple. He had in his house one wall just plastered. And all of these inquirer stories that he had collected, mm-hmm. and he's and so it really comes from a place of I want to tell a story about these people, these unique stories, whether they're real or not. And he's a musician, so obviously they're going to then do music for the film, right? And I think he found a way to marry those things. But I, I honestly believe just watching the movie that the story is first, the music supports it. Okay, cool. You want to know what I think? What I think that something about rock and roll nightmare. So, no, no, no. I really do think I really do think that he wrote a movie first and then put the music in because I could also see in like I can also see it was it Warner Brothers that put this movie out. I don't know. Yeah, this, 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 this movie sure. this movie had a budget and I feel like for them to give him money they had to be like can you throw like some of your songs in there so people could go out to see this. So you think it was a commercial? So thing. well, the thing a is, is like, listen, you're making the point that like every song is a piece. I I don't know. There's some parts where I'm like, ah, eh, this didn't really feel like it. Like, told me anything about uh, this story? You know, like for example, hmm. when they do the song "Hey Now" and it's all the kids like banging on the shit and like singing that, I'm like. Okay, it's cute. Like, I guess it's like kind of yeah, fun dude. to see, but it doesn't do anything so, for the story. That's the one thing that okay. And I was I 
I'm glad that you brought this up now because this was something I was going to bring up a little bit later in the show okay. about like, I do feel like this film is like a reverse moonwalker <laughs> in that like I was way more interested in the story than I was sometimes in the music. That'd just be regular walking, oh, no, I agree by with the way. Right, because Moonwalker <laughs> is more like, like, okay, man, like, just show me an amazing video, man. Like, oh, man, look at the choreography. And then I'm like, you watch this film, and I'm like, all right, these are some kids like hitting the ground with some sticks, man. Like, they're not really... I liked the it's version. It's not like a Blue Man I liked, situation. I liked <laughs> hearing like, the, the banging of the shit, and like it was cool like that they mixed it and to, to be like that, but it I did... kind of like it didn't like even like match up. If, it kind of looked like the kids just like if you're dude, telling just me, hit some shit. If you're telling me every song in this movie in this movie it has something to do with the story it's propelling the story like there's just certain parts where I just didn't feel like that was the case no that was definitely one of them that's what I'm kind of saying is that like I'm looking at the lyrics of that song though and I feel like it kind of it kind of fits with the whole consumerism thing of of this film because the lyrics is like I want a bicycle I want a popsicle I want a space face and then I want to video, I want to rock and roll, take me to the shopping mall, buy it, me a rubber ball. Uh, and it's like these kids singing about all these like again, things they fucking Just walking want. through the, the, yeah, the but like, that, would that would be preemptive. Like, I, I feel like if you were like writing the script, you'd be like, a bunch of kids are walking in a field banging, making noise. You How know? do you think a rock opera's written? I'm just saying, you're saying, I, it's, I I almost feel like there were some songs that were probably just plopped in this movie. Oh, how do you think like a rock opera's written? You think you think they write a story and then they come up with this music or they write the story and the music at the exact same time? <clears throat> yes. Yes. I think that's how it works too. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you write the story while you're right and you write the music at the same time and the music fills in pieces of the film that mm-hmm. you want that, or pieces of the story. Yeah. And moments that make sense. I feel like that's what happened with this one. Didn't that happen in Purple that, Rain as well? Granted, I, I don't With know. like Dove's Cry, wasn't that why that, mo- why that song was written? It was like to, uh, the, to well, put the, more time in. Yeah, well, the, the, the songs they had didn't fit, and the director wanted a different song. Yeah. See, but yeah. that's, like well, a, that's, that's a, totally a musical movie thing. where I feel like the story and the music go like, perfectly worked, together. Yeah, it went really well together. Like this. Moonwalker feels like it's the music is the star, mm-hmm. and the and the story is just some fucking, fucking shit, bullshit, yeah. right? This film feels like the story's a lot is kind of strong, yeah. And there are just some songs in it where I was like, I mean, they were only on there for like ten seconds. You didn't really have them do like you're saying like a rock opera, but like almost every song in a rock opera has a fucking number. And oh, this yeah, one maybe. felt like this one was just like, all right, it's just some kids like running down the street with some it's sticks. It's so funny you guys didn't like that scene. I like that scene a lot where the kids are playing all the different pieces of trash and garbage from the construction site as their instruments. I loved that scene. I, I thought know. that was a great performance. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just didn't like the scene. Like, as, a, as, as, a, as a first time watch, not knowing that you know what to expect with this, and even knowing that this was their the, the band's songs, I thought these were songs written specifically for the movie. That's how I took it. You know what I mean? And I was just like, okay, weird song with one weird looking fucking kid in the background. <laughs> like the, the really o- much older one. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like 30. Jesus six Christ. Three, <laughs> 240 pounds. Everybody else is like it's a 70 year old. Yeah, fucking kid. back there yeah. with a mustache. <laughs> Oh no shit though. Oh my <laughs> god. Just dunking in the background. <laughs> so fucking mean. Oh. Sure though. Uh, one, one scene we haven't talked about yet um, that I really enjoyed was the puzzle and evidence scene. And that was like the church scene um, yeah. where they're basically, it's all the conspiracy theories mm-hmm. and like the, you know, all the symbol symbology. And like what I, what I loved about that scene is I feel like uh, David Byrne cleverly mixed some truths in with some complete false like things. Uh-huh. And so it's like, and, and it's the way that it's, pre, uh, you know, that it's presented by the the preacher, right? You know, and the song's called Puzzle and Evidence. So it's like, you know, essentially conspiracy theories. And I don't know, just that whole, that song uh, with all of the imagery that they show and like even the performance of the preacher, I just thought was one of, it's one of the more enjoyable scenes for me in this film. What are you doing here? I'm just looking around. I thought I'd check out that fashion show down there. Uh-huh. Part of celebration. Twins. Yeah, it's Carol and Daryl. I knew their mom in high school. She's a twin too. A twin. You know, I just thought I'd check it out. Maybe I'd pick up a few fashion tips. Uh-huh. Uh, you know I'm I'm very aware of my appearance. I've noticed. Yeah. Well, just check these out here. Those are great. Yeah. Yep. 
Like the song says, it's a scientific lifestyle. <laughs> hmm. Good afternoon, I don't know that one. And we're back. We are talking about uh, the Talking Heads movie known as... <laughs> I almost True said, stories. I said Avengers in Endgame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's a very similar, which I'm glad you brought up. So basically, David Byrne is kind of like Captain America, yeah. right? Yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> right. And half of this town has now died. Yeah. <laughs> because of John Goodman. But you kind of like John Goodman, so you're not really sure is he the bad guy? Yeah. But he had He's like to get, a Loki. Yeah, he had to like get married and kill his favorite daughter. <laughs> so he's like the Thanos. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's like the Thanos. Falling on all, all he has to do is he just snaps his fingers and he can sing. I got you. Yes. He's, well, yeah, because he gets the uh, uh, infinity voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Chris. Come on. I wouldn't even know where to end. Yeah, I don't know where I couldn't. I couldn't jump in because I'm just sitting there. How like, can you you right. not jump in? Yeah. I don't know, man. You had me tongue tied. <laughs> so we're back in this town so in Texas. We didn't even yeah, really so. like finish off where we left yeah. off. Where did we leave? I don't off? exactly no, it, know. I was saying I liked the the puzzling ev- evidence sequence. I thought that was one of my more enjoyable, uh, one of the more enjoyable parts of the movie for me. I don't know why. Just thought it was a good song, uh, more upbeat than the rest. Mm. I would agree with that. Uh, I wouldn't say it's probably. I mean, I don't even know if I have a favorite part of this movie. It's a weird <laughs> thing. That's a weird thing to say because I don't like hate this movie, but. Um, it just, I, they're so hard to remember this movie linear. I just really love John Goodman's performance. He's solid. He's fantastic. But no, like, his song, his song at the movie. end, that's probably my, one really of my, good. one of my favorite like songs. And, yeah. And the, my favorite like rendition of, of, cause I've heard all these songs so much. So to me, this was like, you know, hearing him again, it's like, oh, okay, John Goodman, like he really killed that song. I, when I was watching it, I said, oh man, he's actually singing this. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, uh, most good. of them were. Most He's of good. them were. But that's the thing is like name a bad John Goodman movie. Can't. You're kind of right. I mean, there's probably been a few peppered in there. Come on, King Ralph. King uh, Ralph. Okay, all right. King I'll Ralph. give you that one because I've never seen it. I just I woke up in the <laughs> middle of the night lo- not long ago and King Ralph was on and I watched like <laughs> 20 minutes of it. I was like, yeah, this movie's as boring as I remember it. How many King Ralphs you- can we give a fucking <laughs> true story? I'm, I'm I'm just more confused that you don't even have cable. How did King Ralph make its way to your television? I was on vacation. I was oh, okay. on vacation. <laughs> Were you on, was it on the airplane? Because I feel like that's a total movie no. that you I was in watch a, on an airplane. It's in like a hotel room. I, saw this I movie feel like King I saw King Ralph. Ralph come on in a hotel room before. Maybe that's like makes the normal hotel circuit it's safe. It's King Ralph. It's so boring. You'll yeah. put your kids to sleep. <laughs> you can you can pick King Ralph or Casper. Oh, King Ralph, it is. I've seen this one, John wow. Goodman. He's always good. <laughs> I mean, he was good. The movie wasn't. Well, that was a lot of talk about King Ralph. Yeah, King Ralph. Let's go back to true stories. So David Byrne's talking about King Ralph. (laughs) Well, he's a big King Ralph fan. I don't know if you picked that up in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Glaringly obvious. (laughs) Throughout the whole movie, David Byrne is just like, and malls are a place where all the people gather. Kind of like the movie King Ralph. (laughs) It just keeps bringing up King Ralph. It's like a commentary of the DVD. He just keeps uh, going off script to talk about King Ralph. Did he oh, just really watch this? Why? King Ralph wasn't even made. I I really, of course point. it was. It was like 989 that film came 91 out. was oh, King Ralph. I decided this is to go, 86. Oh my God. Are you saying David Byrne is a psychic? Yes. <laughs> Whoa. Clearly he's wow. a psychic. He, he knew was talking, about King Ralph. He's talking about computers before anybody knew anything about That's computers. True. <laughs> That's true. He's like, he's saying dating John. sites on, on computers, true. which is like, what? What's a dating site? I went with John Goodman because I saw the movie King Ralph and uh, I thought he was very interesting in it. John Goodman's like, what's King Ralph? <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. But but trust me, say yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do wonders for your career, John. <laughs> say yes. Fucking David lied to me. <laughs> David. <laughs> God damn it, David. Such a weird and trajectory. fucking singing buildings. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, that was another part that I liked too. When the, 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 the getting getting into getting back into the film real quick. I don't know if I talked about it already, but the, the architecture uh, portion of the film where it's just fucking metal boxes 
And he's yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. I think that had to go into to also where he was talking again, another portion of like, here's where, uh, where art is dying also is like in how we. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I thought yeah. so too. Like, you can pick different colors. It's so convenient. <laughs> you know, it, it's basically what every consumer would want to hear. And yeah. it's like, but you're buying a building to put your business inside yeah. of, and they all look identical from the outside. Yeah. I love that he did that too with the houses, like both scenes, both scenes just driving past, like, yeah. you know, 10 metal buildings Isn't all at the same and 10 yeah. houses. Yeah. Who can, who could not say this is gorgeous? <laughs> yeah. Just like stunning. Who needs, who needs a fucking four car garage, by the way? Right. Dude, I saw People that on Texas. Like, Everything's good. I get a Dude, and garage. I like how they went to the next the next house right after that also had a four car garage. Yeah. yeah. Look, that one has a four car garage. And they linger on this shot long enough to be like, so does everybody else. But the greatest part is is when it hits the edge of the development and it's just dead yep. weeds Nothing. and dead gar- trash yeah. caught up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there is always a point to these things that he's saying. It's just up to like the uh, the viewer to take away what it is. He wanted it to be ambiguous, I think, in many places. I agree with that 100%. Are we ready to rate this mammer jammer? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yes. we can. All right. Sure. <laughs> Let's do it. How many... Well, we spent, uh, the, spent the last 10 minutes talking about King Ralph. Let's rating of the film. <laughs> I feel like we're going to talk more about it in our ratings. Sure. So, you know. We okay. always do. We, always, we, we always interrupt each other and tell each other why we're wrong. Exactly. That's like a new thing. Yeah, that's like a that's, that's a, like a hundred and fifty plus. What are you talking about? That's that's been since day one. Yeah. It just used to be only Cody. Now we all just do okay. it. Okay. Question though, how many King Ralphs are we giving this? <laughs> how many copies of King Ralph are yeah. you gonna rate true stories? Oh. How many King Ralphs in no. a hotel? What are we doing, uh, Chris? What are we doing? We're gonna do celebrations of specialness. Not sure what that looks like, but I'm sure it's a banner that says celebration of specialness. <laughs> <laughs> Very literal. He he, li- he was fucking sure he knew what that was. It's a banner. Yeah. I want to start with I want you know I want to start with Kyle on this one. Honestly, when I finished watching this movie, I kind of thought to myself this would be a hard movie to talk about because in t- in my mind, I. Don't view I, I didn't view this movie as like, you know, a massively connected film. Like it just felt like vignettes that were loosely kind of stitched together. It's like it's like any small town. Everybody kind of knows each other. So you kind of have those layers of connection where it's like, well, yeah, I know Frank, but there's no deeper like bond between Frank and the mysterious guy that I'm using in this example. You know, and that's kind of how this movie is. This movie just follows these different characters and how they're slightly woven together. I really enjoy the film because I enjoy the storytelling aspect that David Byrne uses. I like I like him as a as like the person that that's narrating the whole film. I thought his all of his dialogue and his performances were really enjoyable and funny. But like overall, this movie kind of left me with a well. I like I like Talking Heads music, so yeah. This is this is a pretty okay film. So I think I'm gonna come in at like a two point five, like middle of the road on this one. I don't know. Middle of the road for Cal, he doesn't know. <laughs> Next <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Mike. I'm gonna give this one a three. Uh like I I really like the story, I like the presentation. I thought it was a lot of interesting things that he did with the film. Um Here's the weird thing. Like, I like the talking heads, but like, there were times when I was just watching some of the music where I was kind of like, I lost interest. Mm-hmm. Like, I just did. I there were just a few songs where I was kind of like, eh. Like, I want to hear more David Byrne waxing poetic about like the existence of like Texas. Like, <laughs> there were just moments of that where I was kind of like, I could listen to that for another ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that's what's that gives this a little bit higher than an average for me is just, you know, I thought the story was presented well. And I think they do some really interesting things about point of view and how the story is told. I thought uh, I would actually even tell somebody who was into like weird kind of like David Lynch kind of like surreal films like this is a must watch to some extent. Um, but uh, like I said, I like it. It wasn't it didn't have like a lot of. It was, I guess, the best way I can put it. It was boring sometimes. <laughs> it was just yeah. kind of boring, and I was like, "Those when that happened, I was kind of like, all right, I'm checking out.'" And then I had to like get myself back in because I have to pay attention and talk about this film. <laughs> so, 
How many was three? I already was, said my. I already said my review. Three? You was, know what? I always have to repeat my review at the end because I know that like you guys have all forgot it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it because you just you were just like ended it so harsh, and then I was like a three. I was. <laughs> I couldn't remember. That's, That's why I was above like above average. I thought yeah. about this. I've w- listened to so many episodes in the past where I'm like, why did I say the review again? Like, I, because I always start off with it. Like, what are you gonna give this? And I'll be like, oh, two. You know? Yeah. And then I do the whole diatribe. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then I'm you like, you do diatribe. So, and I always say the same <laughs> He's thing. Diatribing all so over like, the place. So then you like, talk yourself down. So like, like a two. <laughs> so that's why I'm giving it a up. two. And I'm gonna, I felt like getting him a shirt for his birthday that said diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's the gang he's a part Dang, of, the diatribe. Diatribe. <laughs> Weird. I don't know what that is. but uh, I uh, Man, I don't know where I'm at. Let me f- talk this out first, because I don't know where I'm at. Both of you have kind of weirdly shifted. Because I was like, when I originally came into this, I was like, I think I'm at a three, but then I heard Kyle, and I'm like, maybe I'm at a three, maybe I'm at a 2.5. Then I heard you, and then you ended it all weird, and you still went with a three. <laughs> then, <laughs> then you dropped down to a one, now you're at a five. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. Um, because I agree. Like I went went into this movie blind, not really knowing anything about it. And then when I was, I was like, "Oh, cool, we're getting like this weird surrealist movie. This is, and this one's a little more fun than like what I expect out of like a David Lynch movie or or even somebody else." And I was waiting for like that 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 moment for it to get going after it started, and it never really feels like at any point it kicks it up a notch for me. And it doesn't necessarily need that for the tone of this movie and what this movie is, um, but it's still enjoyable. But at the same time, I never feel like I got my, I, I, it never filled me up. You know what I mean? It was always like, that's such a weird, that's such a weird thing to say. It It never filled me up. (laughs) (laughs) I like to feel full. It's like the last sentence in his like fucking long ass autobiography. And it never filled me up. The end. It's like when when a couple is trying to get pregnant. That's what they say to say dirty talk. <laughs> you never no. fill me up. It was like I me up. Oh. It was like I drank half the can and then threw out the other half. Yeah, there you go. See, referencing back to the film. Good job. I like that. Yeah. See how I, I, I that's Very I clever. Knew I filled, that. filled you up halfway. I filled me up halfway. That was it. So I don't know. Half a seltzer. I guess I I guess I'm gonna go at a two point five. I think this movie is just okay. Um, yeah, two point five. Fuck okay. it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Throw Fuck it. it. Just throw it all to the wind. <laughs> Fuck it. Fill me up with only half a cup. I, yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll drink it. I should and I'll say, throw half of it away. I should say I should say this. Barring another watch. Because hmm. yeah. I do feel like I need to watch this movie again. This is actually one that I, uh, after I finished watching, I was like, you know what? Next time we're picking movies for film bar, I'm going to throw this one in the hat. Not a bad choice. This would be an interesting yeah, watch with, be, a, with yeah, a group. I agree. Chris? Yeah, a decade later, going back and watching True Stories, it was, um, I'll agree, it was more boring than I remembered it being before. There were definitely moments where I was checking out in this film. And I, it almost like, <laughs> almost like took me by surprise because I was like, no, I, I like this movie. Why am I? <laughs> like, Don't do this to me. <laughs> like looking at himself, like yeah. look back at the TV. Like I want to like this. No, I, and, and there is a lot of things that I really do like about the film. Of course, like the artistic direction. I do like the writing of the film. Um, I, I, I think that the camera work is really good. We didn't talk a lot about yeah. it, but the camera work is pretty freaking good in this movie. That stuff is all solid. Yeah, the production was solid. Like It was obviously very like thought well thought out. Uh, I do have one major complaint, and that is, and, and maybe it's my own fault, but I, most of the renditions of these songs I do not like anymore in this film. The With the exception of John Goodman's at the very end, People Like Us, I think that he did a pretty good job with that. But pretty much everybody else, excluding the talking heads... What? Why are you giving you me? Brought, you brought up in your review how much you liked the. Oh, sorry. The, yes, the, puzzling evidence. The puzzling well. evidence written. Down. Okay, yeah. so we got. <laughs> so we got two. All right, we got two. But that's not enough for a musical film for me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I almost would have rather seen the Talking Heads do all the songs yeah. somehow in this film. You know, I know that doesn't make sense for what they were going for. It's not as interesting, whatever. But. I didn't think the performances uh, or the voices of the people were strong enough to do these songs like the justice that I hold them up to. And so that kind of killed it for me on this watch. Like definitely knocked it down like quite a few uh, pegs. I'm going with three uh, celebrations of specialness 
um, with the, the ability to go up because I, like you just said, I think watching it with an audience could uh, change that. It could engage more, but it could also be like a street trash where you start noticing like the dips in the film that mm. make it really mm. painful. So, wow, very, very astute point. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus. So, three. <laughs> Good job, Cody, on that word. <laughs> three. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is our show for this week. Do us a favor. Make sure you head over to iTunes and you leave us a review. You subscribe, and we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. Okay, mm. so please do that. Then head over to cultfilmandreview.com. Pick up a t shirt. Put in your film requests. Those are coming in like hotcakes. So we're going to start picking some. Mm hmm. Going to fold those into Chopping the natural rotation. Yeah. yeah. Just start picking some. If we don't we're have any. Too many. You we're guys too many. came at us too hard. Yeah. With too many, yeah, and now we don't know what the fuck to do. Now, with which one? Are, the, which wa- one? the water, the water is up to our eye level Here, right now. Here's the thing, guys. So that means if you're gonna give us a pick, it better be pretty fantastic because you got some real competition. Yeah, there's a lot of kick-ass right. picks in there. There's a lot of kick-ass picks. Kick-ass picks. I kick-ass like. picks with <laughs> Cole Film Review. That's, That's right. The little side, little side show we're gonna do. Kick-ass picks. Then head over to YouTube. Make sure you watch our videos there. Like, subscribe, comment. And then you follow us on social media at ColtFilm underscore review on Twitter, Colt Film and Review on Instagram, also on Facebook. And we are on, uh, we're on so much shit. Just go, just type it in, Google. All the normal stuff. All the normal stuff. Facebook. <laughs> and then you can follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at ColtFilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at ah! ColtFilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow Mike ah! at Mike's List you on Twitter. You almost forgot, huh? Nah. And you can follow me <laughs> at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. <laughs>